this year celebrates the five-year anniversary of the Pulse tragedy. We at Queenstein Bears, the podcast, want to remind you to hug your loved ones a little closer this week. Take a moment of silence on June 12th to celebrate the 49 angels who passed away five years ago. We love, we miss, and we think about them every day. Welcome to the show! This is TJ. Hi, it's Michael. Michael, are you a power bottom? I like to be tied up. I like to be handcuffed. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. They're not commercials! <laughs> Michael! Welcome to Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. I just don't like her. Your hosts, CJ and Michael Burlow. Wait, why can't I say that? It's a lot bigger in person. Stop it. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Screaming. By searching The Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. You really don't understand. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, CJ and Michael. Hey, everybody. What the hell was that accent? Like? I don't know. Come on down to... Bring it on down to Liquorville. Yeah? Remember that SNL skit? I sure do. With Lily Gaga's in it. <laughs> I can't. Did somebody say wine? You are a mess. It must be Tuesday. It's 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 a day. <laughs> it's happy a day. Happy Tuesday. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Queen Steam Bears the Podcast. My name is CJ and My name's I... not. <laughs> <laughs> if there isn't, and I, uh, if I had to pick between a broom or a vacuum, if I was a witch, I'd probably pick the vacuum. You wouldn't pick the broom? No, because vacuums suck. Oh, I see what you, you did see what there. I did there? You're welcome. That was a sex joke. Yeah. Some of them will get it. Others will be like, huh? And then like two hours later, they'll be like, oh, I get it. Oh, I'm Michael, by the way. No, there you go. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the broom because I can sit on the handle. And just grip it with your hole. Grip it with my hole. And grip it with your hole. I that's mean, that's, a why sex joke. that's why I'm so popular. Because <laughs> the grip of my hole. It's like a boa <laughs> constrictor. Yeah. <laughs> Not the sound effect, mama. What? That was just natural. Well, was that your asshole just... <laughs> Grabbing onto the microphone. It's that devil asshole magic. That's how I get all the boys. Strange magic. Basically, that's how I get all the boys. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're happy you're with us again. It is Tuesday. If you're in Orlando, it's probably sunny. If you're not in Orlando, it's probably nice. Like real nice weather. Real like nice. 70 degrees like and relaxing. 100 degrees here at a humid AF. It's been nice at night. It has been nice at We also just went through like three days of straight rain, which was nice because it hasn't rained here in like I, three months. I love the rain. I'm a big fan of like putting on some like rom-coms laying in bed with ice cream like listening to the rain that's a fat man's dream it's not even a fat man it's a sad lonely little gay <laughs> man's dream it rained so hard here the other day that our pool in the backyard like overflowed and i went to ginger and i was like are we gonna have to sandbag the door because i was so afraid the pool was gonna overflow so much it was gonna just start like puddling into the back door and then the next day the entire pool is filled with bugs yep sure it was uh, like horrifying like a horrifying horror movie amount of like big Biblical plague bugs. I want you to also understand, we are not dirty people. It no, it's a beautiful pool. It, it just rained so hard that all the bugs died. I was like, um, where are these bugs coming from? I've never seen a single bug in your pool ever before. And right. then all of a sudden, the bugs from the Bible. <laughs> the locusts. Michael, so that was how my week was. I saw bugs in your pool. Well, thank you so much for airing my dirty laundry about my... 
dirty pool. But I did preface that your pool is usually pretty clean. It is. And I didn't clean it. Uh, Ginger's sister did. Now, doesn't the company clean it? They haven't come in like two weeks. Oh. Finally, uh, Ginger's mom called and said, hey, you haven't been here in two weeks. You're supposed to come every week, so I get a credit, right? I would have Guess who showed thing. up today? Pool cleaner? <laughs> sure did. It's such a hard life. Our pool cleaner had to come uh, our clean pool the boy, pool. Our pool boy showed up. He's not even cute, though. I was real mad when I found out you had a pool boy and he wasn't some like beautiful tan man and like little short shorts and like bleach blonde hair with muscles. Right? He's You're... just some struggling teenager who shows up and cleans the fucking pool and leaves. I would have even taken a thick boy with a big ass. Like, <laughs> I would have taken that. <laughs> Michael, got how was your... middle-aged man. How was your week? Thanks for asking, CJ. My week was great. I worked. I had, you know, a couple days of work. Then we went to this fun little event called Straight Men Real Makeup at House on Church. House on Church. House on Church. Yeah, so it was this like really cool event that uh, Ginger and Gidget were doing. They essentially were like... And they Mr. Were, like, Miss Adrian. And Mr. Miss Adrian, yeah. They were essentially like the Simon Cowell, the Paula Abdul, and like the Randy Jackson like of this drag event. So they were like the judges. And we got to watch these straight men get transformed into drag queens and then watch them perform. So much fun. Although I have to say the caveat, we're not allowed to let straight people pick drag names anymore. <laughs> yeah. Give give them like a taste of some of the names that they picked. Candy Stiletto. Yeah. I don't even... Rainbow Rodacia. Rainbow Rodacia. Yeah. Well, that one was cute because it was like she did like a Mario Kart themed mix and it had all these props from Mario Brothers. But I could have sworn that all the, the men who are in drag for this are the ones that came out with that Target Pride line. I swear to God, they're all were in the <laughs> they're all were in the meeting room and we're like, gay people, rainbows, gay people also like shawls. Put rainbow on a shawl. <laughs> We're like, caftan, caftan't. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a really cute event. All the proceeds went to the One Pulse Foundation, so that was cool. So all the tips that the girls made went yeah. to the foundation. If you don't know what One Pulse is, it's the foundation that was founded after the June 12th tragedy that happened at Pulse by Barbara, who's the owner of Pulse. So all that money goes to the survivors, by the way. Yeah, and it was really, really great event. Uh, the House on Church was fantastic. They were super uh, welcoming. It was a great event. You know, it was packed. They made lots of cash doll hairs for the foundation. Yeah. And it was fun. And uh, Rainbow Rodacia turned it on out and won the competition. Sure did. She uh, I voted for snatched her. that shroom. I don't know if we were allowed to vote, but I we, voted for we her. We voted by our voice. Yeah. And by texting Ginger and telling her who she was. How was your week, CJ? It was great. I didn't do shit. I know you didn't. Sign some contracts. Suck some dicks. Suck some dicks. But what was really, really fun this week is we finalized the release for Gummy Bear. Ginger's new album. Ah, I was going to say, why don't you tell the people at home what Gummy Bear is? Yeah, so starting this week on uh, June 10th, you will be able to start pre-saving the brand new Ginger Ranger album that is three years in the making. You may, if you have been following this uh fiasco for the last three years you may know it as clown fucker but it is now known as gummy bear didn't it have one other name too no it didn't have it was, three names it was always either gonna be it was always gonna be clown fucker and then we decided to go a P, more pg route renamed it gummy bear clown fucker is still on the album though yes clown fucker is still on the album but yeah that album pre-save will start on june 10th which i'm so excited about we're gonna do a live stream uh to kind of debut a lot of it's fun things fun things so uh look out for that it'll be on youtube instagram and on facebook I have to say, like, I'm not one for, like, drag queen music, because it's usually, like, pretty fucking, pretty fucking, no, it's usually pretty fucking awful, it's usually, like, Alaska, like, deep talking over, like, a background vocal, like, <laughs> telling me some fucking story about how her face Agnes? is her ID, yeah, 
Ginger's album's really good, and I'm not just saying that because she's my friend. Like, it's actually a really good it is, album. It is. It's and, a really cute pop album. And I'm like, I'm really glad that we waited three years for it to come out. So the original idea behind Gummy Bear was it was going to be an EP. It was going to be five songs. Just a How short, did that work out? little cute thing that we were going to do to kind of show a different side. And then it morphed into a full-length album. We added three more tracks to it, and it turned into a full-length album. And I'm really glad we waited because now we have the momentum of All-Star behind it so i'm just i'm really really excited for everyone to finally hear this album and finally just visualize everything that's coming with this because you guys are not ready i'm excited it's 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 a really really good album like i said i'm not just saying that because yeah. i have there's to, a lot of awesome her husband people. staring me down across the table <laughs> i'm not just saying it because of that there's a lot of awesome people on it and it's just it's really different i'm it's, excited for her duet with madonna yeah i'm her lady gaga song with right oh, it's oh so good. wait till you hear the lady gaga duet it's so good and then um, we got Cher on the album it's just a cavalcade of homosexual on the album but it's really good a lot of great artists are on it with us and it's just it's very different so if you've ever listened to sweet tea this is not that can you tease anybody fun who's on the album can we, can we, can we i'm on the album him? there you go yes cj's on the album that's all you need to know as i am on the album i'm on one song i'm excited for everyone to hear it it's literally he three, just burps in the background it's three lines not even it's like a sentence and i'm just i'm on the album i'm featured so suck it <laughs> bitches mom i'm on an album you're fucking welcome she finally made it she finally made it michael i'm like i'm i'm so excited for today's episode yeah uh, Why is we, that? We have the one and only Susie Kennedy uh, on the episode today. I can't wait to talk to her. Oh, Miss Marilyn. She's probably one of the most inspiring and uplifting people I've ever met. After watching her on Women Behind Bars, coming soon to a streaming service near you, um, and then like listening to you and Ginger talk about her, like sh- I'm super, super excited to get to meet her and super excited to talk to her. And after seeing her on all those beautiful billboards in LA. Uh, yeah, so I'm she's exci- stunning. She is stunning. And I'm so excited that we get to talk to her later. She oh, followed me on Instagram. Did she? Yeah, she did. Oh. And then later, Michael, we're going to give away a super secret password. Some money. To give away a super secret prize that we will discuss later today. I know. Secret, secret. You know what we should do first, though? What? Well, first we should take a commercial. No, not yet. And then we should talk about that boring-ass show. (sighs) You know that one that your husband's going to be on in a couple weeks? America's Got Talent. Yes. Perfect. No, he's going to be on I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Okay. We've heard the joke before. Get over it. (laughs) Okay, happy Pride Month. We are sashaying away with deals. This month at The Butter Shop, we're running a special deal. If you can prove that you're queer, you get three pints off your, fir- your, your choice of creamed, chucked, or drowned, drowned butter. And if you do mouth stuff, you get four. We love gay, and it's awesome. So come visit. And we also make candles now. Wouldn't a candle be nice for gay stuff? In the bedroom or just hanging out. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Your part wouldn't. Hey, wouldn't your partner want butter from the original old male's maid home? We've been making butter since 1945, and we've been accepting all people since the last four months. So yeah, we're gagging for you to come take a taste of Cecily's butter shop at Cecily's butter shop. My friend's mom, um, I think is. I think is gay, so we think it's cool. Turn it off, Willard. We're in Steam Bears, the podcast. Well, we only have one more week until we... Really? <laughs> this one's across the table from me. Uh, 
licking my century licking his windscreen and trying to throw me from introing this next segment. I know, and it worked because you stopped. It, it did work because I to, stopped. Had to talk about what I'm I doing. was just so turned on. Just kidding. I'm yeah. No, but yeah. So your eye you know, became an innie. Really? <laughs> I was so not turned on. My dick crawled back, tucked itself. <laughs> tucked itself. Yeah. No, but um. So we only have another couple of weeks before we have three seasons of Drag Race on at the same time. Yeah, and we haven't given any. Like, I haven't watched any of Espana. We, we have yet. to watch Espana because we literally have not even talked about it. No, yet. we haven't. It looks great. From I've, we've just been so busy, I don't have time to watch three seasons of Drag from, Race at once. From what I've read about Espana, though, people are like, it looks like Drag Race on a budget. And I'm like, okay. That really? Does not it looks me, so pretty. It does not make me excited to watch it. Yeah, the but girls it look good. It uh, can't look any cheaper than Down Under. It can't. Have you, we watched Holland. I think Holland looked better than Down Under. I think Down Under looks so cheap. Granted that they're getting a better prize than Holland because Holland got a fucking dress. Can you imagine you bust yeah. your ass for, for RuPaul's Drag Race Holland and all of you got a fucking dress. But I also feel like see, here's the thing with Drag Race. I don't feel it's all about what you win. No, it's about the exposure you're going to get from yeah, Drag Race. Like, it's not about winning the $100,000. That's great. It's not about the sickening supply of Nick's Cosmetics or whatever or brand cosmetics you get. It's Anastasia for US. I don't know if yeah. they get overseas. It's not about that. It's about what comes after. It Like, all the girls will agree the real race starts after the show. Oh, hands down. Like, a lot of the girls like get on there and don't even care if they win. Like, like, look, like here's the thing. Look at Trixie Mattel. Oh, yeah. Look at Katya. Well, look at Trixie and Katya. They literally, neither of them won their original seasons, and they built a fucking empire. Look at, like, look at Shangela. Look at Shangela. Look at fucking, look even. Look at look, Nina West. Look at Ginger. Like, yeah, Well, Ginger was top three. Yeah, but so she I don't did, still that. didn't win, though, but still. But so did Trixie. Trixie won when she came back. She won All Stars, right. But. Like, look at the girls who didn't win anything. Like, look at Nina West. Look at Shangela. Look at Katia. Look at these girls who... Look at Latrice. Yeah, took an opportunity of being on the show and really capitalized on it and made it something. Yes, Holland may have a shitty prize as a dress, but it's what you do after the race that really, really makes you something. We're also not in Holland, so we're, like, probably not hearing what all the drag race Holland girls are doing anyways. But no, like... but, I mean, it's really just the race begins after the season starts. And oh, absolutely. And what you do with it is... I mean, look at Miss Kasha Davis. She's starting this whole imagination station thing. She's from my neck of the woods. Yeah, she is. She's from Rochester, which is a kid's show that she's trying to get picked up by some major networks. She didn't do an All-Stars, and she was middle of the pack on season seven, but she's still fucking hustling. She's kicking. She's still there. She's out there doing Drag Queen Story Hour. She is out there leading the pride parades she is a huge advocate for sobriety like she's out there really doing the lord's work for somebody who was middle of the pack season seven which is almost seven years ago at this point right it was but she is still out there fucking hustling and good for her i love miss gotcha davis she's one of the nicest fucking people you'll ever meet in your life i've only ever met her once at back at the old rochester till oh my god i could sit here i met her and pandora the same night and darian lake all three of them the same at the same club i can sit here and talk about miss gotcha davis fucking for hours she's just one of the most incredible people i have ever met or we could talk about drag race down under which is I would currently airing. To talk about miss gotcha davis i understand that but we have to talk about down under okay we're that's just what gonna, the people are here for we're gonna open this real quick with okay what the fuck what the fuck is art simone's problem she just kind of a kind she literally got eliminated and came back bitch count your blessings you know she's gonna fucking win the show yeah but it's like for, she gets eliminated comes back and then starts ruffling fucking feathers like if i was electroshock 
I'd be like, bitch, you went home once. You're probably going to go home again. Don't make me send you home so again, stop right? stop being a bitch. Right, and I think Electra's win was well-deserved, but... Yeah, it, but it just shows you it's like... How... I think Art Simone's like... Or I think Art is fucking insecure. Yeah, but I also think she has an ego, and instead of like going, oh, I went home. Maybe I should play nice. Maybe I shouldn't be a bitch because I was already eliminated. I think she knows she has nothing to lose because they brought her back for a fucking reason, and I feel like she knows that. Yes, but also, all the other girls who have ever been brought back have gone home. They have never won. One, they've never made it to the top three. That's very true. They have literally shown back up and gone home. She's they usually the, go home the next week. They go home the, the week they come back. Right. She's the first one to ever stay longer than, you know. That's because they're grooming her to win the show. But I just don't get it. And then, like, this episode was so weird to me because we are in the midst of a pandemic. Right. Right. And when they did the season 13 makeover, it was on each other simply because of the bubble. Well, the reason that they're able to do it in Australia and New Zealand is because they have close to zero COVID cases. Yeah, That's but why they're like, able to bring in outside people. But but also, like, why wouldn't you still want to play it safe and just to be on the safe side and be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't introduce this back yet because it's still kind of a touchy thing? Granted, I'm not mad they bought in rugby players. No, but I mean, have you seen, like, how the nightclubs look in Australia and New Zealand? There's, like, not a mask in sight because they don't need to because nobody has COVID over there. Well, no, but still, like, to the people who are not from Australia, I get it. Drag Race Down Under is made for the New Zealand Australian audience. Right. But it's also made for a worldwide audience because it's a worldwide brand. Right. But realistically, not everybody's in invested as in drag races like we are so like i understand like, i believe to the casual standard viewer they're like oh this is probably filmed pre-pandemic like they know it's not i get they that but they're not fully aware that it's not filmed pre-pandemic it might have been no they know it's not they make they talk about covid oh yeah you're right they do on the season but it's just like instead of like going hey maybe we should just play this safe you know the season 13 girls weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to bring outside people for the season 13 girls maybe we should do the same for but wasn't that almost a year later that 13 that no there was filmed on the they 13. filmed 13. Right. All stars. Right. And, and then went into Australia. No, didn't they do... They did UK, remember? No. No, because they did UK before 13. Exactly. And then they stopped to come back and film all of that. Yeah. So they literally finished All Stars, went and finished UK 2. Came back and did. And then went right to Australia. It, it's just, it, to me, they should have just kept it very safe and made it like, I don't know, but it's just weird. I'm not mad that they bought in rugby players. No, I wouldn't throw it to any of them. <laughs> exactly. But like, we had that moment where Maxie's rugby player was like, I'm not shaving. And then he did. And then he finally did. And like that whole thing, I was like, oh, fuck, they're setting Maxie up to go home. They're giving her the, the rugby play that doesn't want to shave, doesn't want to shave, doesn't want to shave. They were then, giving her the goodbye at it. Mm-hmm, and then finally he shaved. It was like, okay, maybe they're not. Maybe they were setting Maxie up to look like it was going to happen, but they're going to save her. And then lo and behold, spoiler alert, Maxie, Maxie goes, goes home. home. It's just weird because they always do that. They always give the person that you think is going to go home that one rough. Like, look at Jocelyn Fox on her episode that she went home. That well, episode doesn't, exist, on doesn't the exist anymore because the person who she was putting into drag, like, was there because he was being punished from his wife because he cheated on her yeah and then was put on national tv and made to look like a boo-boo the fool and she he was threatening world of wonder with a lawsuit so they pulled the episode they pulled the episode so jocelyn fox doesn't even get the redemption of like a full episode of watching her go home it just doesn't exist anymore so like they screwed her over though because they gave her the guy that didn't want to be there yeah and then, you know, at the, I mean, I guess Jocelyn kind of got the, the revenge because at that finale is when she married, you know, her, her ex-husband. Oh, they're not together. They're anymore. not together. They haven't been together in years. Um, Her ex-husband. So I guess it kind of like was okay that she got shafted, but at the same day, like. Not really. Bitch, your episode where you went home doesn't exist. People don't even get to say goodbye to you. Right. You're there one week and then the next episode you're gone. I digress and we go back to Down Under. You know, we finally had a Kylie Minogue song for the lip sync, which everyone was waiting for. Because she's like. 
like the Australian diva. Yeah, and she was on an episode, like all this stuff. Um, but then we had, you know, Scarlet versus Maxie. She just had Scarlet home. Yeah, I agree. I'm just sick of her because she's a racist. Yeah, I agree. Um, but unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to the only fucking big girl, Shocker, uh, for Down Under. I'm done with Down Under. I yeah, just we'll need... just we'll give you guys the updates, but like, I'm over I'm it. I'm done with it. I need to fucking have a cigarette. This pissed me off. <sighs> All right, we're going to take a break, everybody, because CJ's going to go pick up a habit. We'll be back in a moment. Let's get this straight. When I say that I love all music but country, we are not talking about Reba McIntyre. That woman has done more for our country than any president ever. She never had to go that hard with her sitcom. We didn't deserve it as a society. That song slaps. The whole show is a cultural reset. Barbara Jean is a cultural reset. Not to mention, she runs a whole lipstick empire and only has one lip. You bitches could never. You're listening to Quarantine Bears, the podcast. <laughs> Michael, it's June. What? I know. That means it is Gay Pride Month. It is? Around the United States, because I don't know if it's a gay thing around the world. I, I Sure. I, I think it's just a United States thing. It's a gay thing. It's a United States thing minus Florida, because we do our Pride in October. Because That's fucking hot. It, yeah, or something like that. We throw around the word icon a lot in our community. And what to you does the word icon mean? So to me, an icon is someone that's unapologetically themselves someone that challenges the norm someone that stands for something that makes the most of their platform that's bold that you know fights against oppression that creates art that causes conversation that sets mainstream on fire you know that pushes boundaries you know that, so that makes the most of their platform so you basically just think lady gaga is an icon not she's not the only one. Because everything you just named basically sums up Lady Gaga. She's not the only one, but she is definitely an icon of some sort to the gay community. So I, I did a little research. I know it's my favorite. Oh, word to you say. did a little research. Um, because to me, people who are icons have done things that like really change the world. Absolutely. And so there are some names that came up when we did a uh, poll of the audience. Poll of the audience. Some of them were Diana, Princess of Wales. Okay. I'm just gonna name. Well, we'll, do you want to do you want to name them first, or do you want to like name yeah, them and then yeah, we can go I'll into name them. them and then we'll talk about them. This way, people kind of know who we're gonna touch upon. Uh, Diana, Princess Diana, uh, Judy Garland, okay, Madonna, okay, Lady Gaga, of course, was part of that. Marilyn Monroe, okay, were part of it. Kylie Minogue was on that list. People mentioned Janet Jackson. There was a few people who mentioned Divine, and the one that really kind of made me scratch my head was. Marie Antoinette. I don't ever get that one. I don't ever get Marie Antoinette, Gordon Ramsay, or the Babadook. Those are the three when I'm yeah. like, Ooh. um, it just to me, it's one of those things where it's like, really, Marie Antoinette, and then I'm just gonna cover Marie. Antoinette. Well, she was really good at giving head. You're so stupid. Get it? Yeah, because she got her head cut off. From- uh, yes, and. The reason why people look at Marie Antoinette is because when I saw that name come through, I was like, Marie Antoinette? So I looked it up. Well, the movie, because Kirsten Dunst played her in the movie, and the gays love Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> sure. Then why wasn't fucking Tobey Maguire on there? Well, she did Spider-Man with him. That's fair. Uh, apparently, according to the French monarch, Marie Antoinette engaged in lesbian relationships? Yeah, I had heard about that one. Because I went to her house. To engage in lesbian... No, I just went <laughs> I went to her house when I was overseas. Was she home? No, she was not home. She got her head cut off. I saw where she got her head cut off. They have the actual guillotine that was used to cut her head cut off. I'm sure. They just replace it every week. Okay, so we're just going to talk about this. To me, out of everyone that I named, I feel like only two of them are real. Three. I'll go three. Okay. Are real gay icons. Okay. That would be Diana, Princess of Wales. Okay. Judy and Lady Gaga. Okay. 
Those are the three that I look at and go, they are gay icons because of what they did for our community. Right. Like Princess Diana. Right. So Princess Diana. So she's an, obviously she's a gay icon because, you know, she was such close friends with other big openly gay icons like Elton John, Freddie Mercury, Mr. Versace. Especially, and like her big thing or her big contribution to, you know, the gay community was her work with Elton John during the AIDS crisis. Princess Diana was really the first person bigger than Elton John and Elizabeth Taylor to really dive in and work with those AIDS patients. You know, she was in the hospital hugging the patients, spending time with them. And she really kind of helped shift the mindset of if you're close to somebody with HIV or AIDS that you're going to get it and you're going to die as well. Yeah, she, she basically humanized the HIV Crisis. Absolutely, and she was able to, you know, bring happiness and comfort to those people on their deathbeds that were suffering and dying during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, she really showed that, like, Britain's untouchables, and I use air quotes for that, their untouchable sons deserve to be loved, and, like, it's okay to go to somebody who has HIV and touch them. Right. And hold their hand and give them a hug. That HIV wasn't a communicable disease by touch. They compare it to, like, Jesus going out and preaching to the lepers. Yes. yeah. Like, she was showing that they are still human. So that's why I think, like, Diana is the pinnacle of, like, gay icon. Minus the fact that she had a great fashion sense. Oh, her fashion sense and her like. And the way she talked and the way she like composed herself and how she was like. She was a a tragic figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the gay community really identifies with tragic figures because a lot of us are, or like a lot of us would consider ourselves tragic figures or a lot of us would consider like things that have happened to us in our lives that have shaped us as tragic. I mean, look at Judy Garland, you know. She's the ultimate. She's the ultimate. She started, like we'll just use Dorothy Gale as the defining moment for Judy's career. status for right. gays. You know, she started as this small town farm girl in black and white and then instantly showed up in Oz which was full of color and it was kind of like the way that the gay community views coming out of the closet. The closet is Kansas and the minute you bust open that door you're in Oz. It's full of color. It's accepting no matter who or what you look like or, you know, no matter who you love, you are accepted. Right. Oz is like the ultimate allegory for like coming out of the closet and dealing with your sexuality in an open forum. That transition from the black and white scene to the color moment in that film is like kind of the ultimate hey this like this speaks to the gay community that and like she was also considered a tragic figure as well like, yeah the other one that I really want to talk about because you know we have Susie Kennedy next is Marilyn Monroe and with Marilyn Marilyn is like the ultimate tragic figure you know she suffered for her art she suffered for the acceptance Marilyn Monroe is like the person that like a lot of gays people will see themselves in because like she changed everything about herself to be, go from Norma Jean to Marilyn yeah she you know and that's like a, something that a lot of gay individuals struggle with. You feel like you have to lose weight. You feel like you have to change your appearance. You feel like you have to put on an act. You feel like you have to be overly sexual. You feel like you have to be X, Y, and Z and check these certain boxes to fit into a lot of things and a lot of preconceived notions. And I feel like a lot of gay individuals identify with that. I, I also look at Marilyn as a gay icon because she kind of took nothing. She took this innocent person as Norma Jean and really turn it into something that she wanted that she thought would make her famous and it worked and I feel like the gay community does the same thing we take nothing when we are in the closet because we don't know who we are we don't know what we are because we're so confused and then when we come out of the closet we kind of form what we want to be the the gay person that we want to show the world the authentic self exactly so I feel like Marilyn did the same thing and and she's one that I also look at kind of like Diana and go, okay, I understand why she is a gay icon. The one I'm really confused about and why people think she's a gay icon is fucking Cher. 
So I think with Cher, she's like a lot of, and it's funny that you say her because she's a lot of times considered like the ultimate gay icon. Yes, that's why I'm confused. I think with Cher, I feel like a lot of Cher's status as an icon within the community has to do with her aesthetic and her art and like what she puts out into the world on an artistic level and not so much like on a personal level. Yes, we know that she does a lot of work with her transgender rights for Chaz. We know that she is very like involved in her, you know, in conversation and in discourse with her LGBTQ communities, like and her fans. But I feel like with her, a lot of reasons why people identify with her as a gay icon is, oh, because she wears Bob Mackie moments. She wears that, that, that Oscar outfit. Her music is just disco and dance and fun. I think that's a lot of the reasons why people identify her as a gay icon, not for so much what she did for the gay community as a whole, as like a, like a big figure in pop culture. Yeah, I'll never consider Cher a gay icon. It goes back to like the way I look at what an icon is and like my gay card will probably be revoked for it, but I just don't think Cher has done enough in the gay community with the exception of the stuff she did with Chaz and accepting Chaz for who he is. But even before, even before he went through transition, she accepted chastity as a lesbian. So like she was always accepting. But does that make her an icon? She's accepting. No, I think. Because then at the same, like she hasn't done, if just because you donate to charities for LGBT communities and just because you support gays by wearing Bob Mackie. I just, to me, that's not iconic. That doesn't make you a gay icon. I feel like she has, you know, her cut, like her rise to fame and her like just being a you know, a worldwide superstar through so many decades has kind of just cemented her in, like, the pop culture psyche. And I think she's so imitated and she's so, like, quoted and she's so performative for, like, not performative for the gay community, but, like, a lot of drag queens do Cher and a lot of jokes are made about Cher, like, being, like, gay people being a fan of Cher. I think that's kind of why people view her as a gay icon. That's neither here nor there if that's right or if it's wrong, but I feel like that's why a lot of people view her as an icon. Yeah, don't think I ever will. But that's my opinion. That is your opinion. Yeah, I mean, my gay card is is on the table if anybody wants to take it. Fuck, I don't give a shit. To me, it's just kind of one of those things that I look at the people that I mentioned, Judy Garland, Diana, Princess of Wales, and Gaga. Gaga. And I go, okay, it makes sense. I just don't, like Madonna, same thing. Cher, Gordon Ramsay's on the list. Madonna, I think, so I think Madonna's an interesting one because I feel like she was that first big female that like broke into it in that time where like female musicians were either expected to like act like men or be desexualized. So I feel like they either like literally had to like conform to like this like hyper sexualized version of themselves or to act like a man and she was like able to like make it into the big time you know by being her like super girly and like over sexualized self so I think so why isn't Cindy Lauper on that list I would cons- I would say Cindy Lauper is iconic in the gay community I would say not because her her celebrity status I don't think is as high as someone like a Madonna Madonna is Madonna a- and Cindy Lauper is Cindy but Cindy Lauper broke into the music world with bigger hits than Madonna did before Madonna yes but Madonna is arguably and substantially more recognizable and more famous than Cindy Lauper mm, I think it depends monetarily uh, staying power wise Madonna has cons- like consistently been at the top of her field in several decades yeah but Cindy Lauper goes away comes back goes away comes but, back but just because she stays at the top of her list does that really make her gay I kind of just makes I'm not saying it makes her any I'm not saying it makes her here or there I gay I kind of I would just argue that Madonna is 
more out there and more in the public psyche than somebody like a Cindy Lauper. Yeah, that's a, you're that's more, a you're conversation like, for a different. Right, you're more likely to find somebody who doesn't know Cindy Lauper than doesn't know Madonna. Is yeah. what I'm saying. That's a that's a different conversation for a different week. No, absolutely so. no. I don't disagree. Um, I feel like like Madonna's is a big thing. Like when like the AIDS pandemic was like rampant in the 80s and being gay was considered taboo. She was openly she openly embraced the gay community. She had queer dancers. She had you know a team of gay individuals around her. She did a lot of work with Elton John and the AIDS Foundation. She had openly gay individuals in her music video for Justify My Love, which was that video, that famous video that was banned from MTV. She was, she spoke on commercials about HIV and AIDS. She was on pamphlets about HIV and AIDS awareness in one of her CD cases. And she did, she also talked about it in her documentary, Truth or Dare. She did a whole segment where she talked about HIV and AIDS. So I feel like she is someone that if you're going to argue her icon status in the gay community, you can kind of go back and forth on her because she has done work in the LGBT community and she has, you know, been a supporter of our community for a long time. She also played Ava Peron, so we can add that to her gay icon list. I've, I guess. I've never seen that movie, but <laughs> I guess. Don't cry for me, my I mean, I know that I know the gist of the story, yeah. but yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I like, I think, I think everybody has their own icons and those individuals they, you know, they kind of identify with and I think it's going to differ for everybody. Yeah, of course. I mean, you praised Lady Gaga and I look at her and go, she's a great artist. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I mean, not, I don't have any hate for Gaga. I think she's an incredible person. I think she's an incredible artist, and I think she's done a lot. I just, you worship the ground she works. Oh my God, on. no, I do not. Like, Calm you down. You have a tattoo of her on you. So, I just, it looks pretty. Oh, okay. Anyways, we're going to take a quick, <laughs> we're going to take a quick little break, and when we get back, we'll have the one, the only, the jaw-droppingly beautiful, stunning, show-stopping, iconic, Susie Kennedy. Just her voice, though, so. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they say that this country is free, and they say that this country is equal, but it is not equal if it's sometimes. Obama, I know that you're listening. Are you listening? You're listening to Quarantine Bears, the podcast. You know, Michael, today we have been talking about gay icons, and there's no iconic person well there's nobody more iconic than marilyn monroe to the gays oh agreed like she is the pinnacle of gay iconicness she is the one iconicness one um and i have been blessed to be able to work with somebody who is the world's number one marilyn monroe impersonator she is used by the estate all the time she has appeared in tv shows music videos movies as marilyn and there's nobody else in the world that competes with this person we saw the billboard of her when we were in la yeah she is on a billboard in la and i was blessed enough to work with her january 2020 right before the pandemic struck in women behind bars in los angeles and she is one of the sweetest people i've ever met in my entire life uh we got along so well and I'm just so excited to have her on the show. We have the one, the only, the most beautiful woman in the entire world. She is simply stunning. We have Susie Kennedy. Oh, what an intro. Can I use that on my CV? By all means, please do. But I will take a royalty fee of 10%. <laughs> oh, that was a good time, actually. You're talking about the billboard in LA. That was for Pride, right? That was um, the uh, photo shoot that, we, that I did. Um, 
for Magnus Hastings. Is that the one you're talking about that you saw? Yeah, it's the one that's above the clinic on the corner by the Lowe's oh my Hotel. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm on three billboards. Sorry. Oh, God, that's how self <laughs> Oh, wow. Way, way to boost yourself there. I'm on three billboards. Sorry. So... I guess I'm on so many billboards, guys. I get confused which one you mean, right? Okay. So, I'm on a billboard in LA to help people. Um, it's great, actually, um, to help people just reach out and get rehab that they need. Um and everyone was, someone was really quite mean about me. And like, yeah, not Marilyn, you shouldn't be on a billboard confusing people. And I was like, well, this is actually to help people kind of get addiction help. Do you have a problem with that? Because <laughs> if you do, you you actually need some help. Then I was on another one for Pride for Magnus Hastings. Um, he did the big, uh, the book. And mine was Diversity as a Girl's Best Friend. And that was on Sunset uh, Boulevard. Um, amazing, massive, big billboard and then um yeah I was on a billboard with you guys for women behind bars so I'm just gonna have a sip of tea while I just remember all the billboards I've been on yeah, just <laughs> sip that tea mama sip it you know like I said at the beginning you are the world's premier Marilyn impersonator you have to have the most stress when you sit there and go out and be Marilyn right yeah well the thing is is I really appreciate you saying that because when people do say that about me I'm so honored and touched but there's some amazing there, there, there has been and there are some Marilyn Monroe, uh, great Marilyn Monroe impersonations and I just think a lot of everyone brings their own thing I mean some people say I don't think Susie's that great and some people say she's the greatest ever when you're comparing yourself to Marilyn Marilyn kind of is unique to everyone's view of her do you know what I mean some people see her in a certain way and some people see her in a, 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 another way so yeah. um, it's hard to live up to because it's so so personal to people they feel quite protective of her and they have their own version of her and you've got to try and live up to not only her, but their version of her, because you're not her. So it can be quite stressful. You are Susie Kennedy at the end of the day, and that's the the greatest thing to be. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being Marilyn Monroe, though, um, back in like the 50s. And she, although some of the times I probably wouldn't, but I wouldn't mind having her money right now. Right. That COVID sucked. Oh, <laughs> Tr- uh, trust and believe it it definitely put a, a hinder on a lot of stuff so but we're all still here amen to that uh and we are uh, we are powering through it all and navigating whatever this new normal is so that's that's the blessing that we can all just kind of agree on right now amen amen so i was doing well, while i was prepping for this interview i did a lot of research about you i mean we have we know each other we've worked together with women at bars you know we constantly talk to each other one thing that really stuck out to me was your breakthrough job in the world of entertainment was an advert you did with naomi campbell yeah that was crazy yeah that was that was crazy because i literally was at college i had no idea about marilyn monroe i knew who she was but i mean no idea of portraying her um and then somebody said like you literally look like her uh here's an agency I went to the agency and they sent me to this commercial casting I had no idea how to do a casting and those people that are listening that are actors they know about casting so I was completely didn't know about show us your hands I'm like what do you want to see my hands for you know like (laughs) out of your face I'm like these people are weird anyway so I got the job and the only reason I knew I got the job is because somebody phoned me and said what what are your measurements and I thought it was like a dirty phone call it wasn't (laughs) It was the costume designer. And she's like, I'm making you this Marilyn costume from Gentleman Fur Blondes. And you've got the advert. And the agent, I called the agent. I said, I've got this advert. And she said, I know, but I didn't think you're new. I didn't think they'd choose you. So I've lost all your details and I couldn't tell you. So there I was sitting there and they, they were all in production. We're like, when Naomi arrives. And she was seven hours late. That's what I love about being Naomi Campbell, right? Wow. She was seven hours late she gets so, away with everything she did and do you know what so she should because she was worth it and then she turned up and she it was like it was like god turning up Everyone's like, oh, oh. and they were all like don't talk to her you're not allowed to talk to her don't
like look her in the eyes because like I'm like this lay lowly little nothing at the time anyway she sits down opposite me and she's from Strett right which is like I don't know three miles down the road from me now uh-huh. And that's where she grew up. And so she sat down. I was like, oh my God, I love you. You're from Streatham. I'm, <laughs> I live like three miles down the road from you. And she was so sweet. And I was like, so you're going out with your boyfriend? Like, I just like, and everyone's just giving me daggers. But she was talking to me and she was so sweet. And, you know, I, I really liked her. And at the end of it, she told Sam McKnight, the international fabulous hairdresser, her personal hairdresser, to give me loads of products and stuff. And Oh, wow. That's awesome. And yeah. The, and the newspaper called me and they said, we've got a story with Naomi Campbell. We know she was difficult on set. And I said, I haven't got any story with Naomi Campbell. She was great to me. And then wow. like two years later, I was at a party. This is quite a funny story, actually, because I was at a party and it was, it was literally so A-list, wall-to-wall A-list. And um, there was a guy in the corner and I kept going up to him saying, are you all right? You're all on your own. Do you want some champagne? Do you want anything? He's like, no, 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 leave me alone leave me alone we're okay and I felt so sorry for him I was like you can't be on your own everyone's got somebody and he was a royal protection officer because Prince Andrew was there he's like you got oh, me I'm a royal what? protection exactly but then Naomi Campbell was there and I was the, the press were like oh we need a picture of Naomi Campbell I was like I need a picture of Naomi Campbell I couldn't get one so her PA I was like oh I know Naomi I know her like I met her <laughs> I know Naomi I was on set with her and Naomi remembered and she was so, look at me, call Naomi, like we're friends. Uh, right. Naomi Campbell remembered. And we had this lovely picture together. And I think it's because I didn't talk shit about her to the press or anything, because I didn't need to. She's lovely. But she's got this massive hug and I still have this picture. I look like a terrible Marilyn in it. I'm just like, girl, I need some toner in that hair. But <laughs> it was such a lovely picture that I cherish. Have you talked to her or seen her since that? since then no i saw her coming out of the um about a few months back actually i saw her coming out of a hotel in london but we couldn't get near her because she was like in a sea of flashing lights and press oh so, she's naomi campbell i don't know what i would ever say if i ever saw her in real life i'd be like um please don't throw a phone at me yeah, she, do you know what she's so beautiful you'll be shocked at how beautiful she is it's like unnatural beauty because it's so amazing to, to look at her is I mean, she's stunning. Her skin is like, I mean, where's the photograph of Dorian Gray in the attic? That's what I want to know because she's <laughs> amazing. I'm, just, I'm speechless about that because that's, like, we read all these stories about her in the news about how she's, like, mean. Right. Stuck up and she's kind of like, don't look at me, don't touch me. She's the go-to, me. like, image of, like, the nasty model. Like, she's yeah. the one that they always pull, like, oh, Naomi Campbell's mean and whatever. Like, if you look at me, you're going to turn to stone. Yeah, maybe she is to certain people. But you can only talk about people how you find them, I guess. So, exactly. You know, you know, you know that being on set with us being on set, but being on stage, you know, in our cast, you know, everybody's got a different persona that they have on tv or, or or in their drag world but then you get to know the people underneath it and it's like how you i guess it's how they react to you maybe maybe it was the little south london thing we had going <laughs> <laughs> well it's like with you when like i first met you i met you during rehearsals and you were doing you were doing Marilyn. like you were you are in that in that swing of things and you you had the voice on and you had the the persona was just exuding from you. And then our director, Scott, said, cut, all right, everyone take five. And then Susie just comes out, loses the accent, all of a sudden starts talking like she's from London. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I told you to pick Van Dyke over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing poppins. So it's just like, yeah. But it was, it was, it was different. And then, of course, you know, with everyone on Women Behind the Bar set, you know, you meet them 
in character. And then when you're backstage after a long night of rehearsals, everyone's just like, I hate this. This is fucking ridiculous. I just want this to be over. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there's the real person. There's the real person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun for me because like when everyone was in drag, it's kind of like for me, because um, like obviously I kind of look like Marilyn, just look like Marilyn had a bad day, like when my hair's not done it, right? But, yeah. But the, the drag queens like look like completely different so if you i guess if you meet a, somebody was said to me that they like when you're a drag queen with your fans you can go out and nobody knows you because you don't obviously you're, you're not looking like that whereas i was out the other day and i looked terrible i had like a sleepover at my friends i had no makeup and like no hair and i was rushing to the tube station and someone went oh my god Susie kennedy i'm such a big fan of yours and i thought they must think whoa she looks like shit in real life you know I mean? because it wasn't like a complete um transformation it's still like my hair but like done badly yeah you know what I mean when you're off duty but I guess when you're a drag queen that's one thing I noticed is like we all go out for dinner and unless your kind of fan base know you out of drag you're you're nothing like them you can really escape it does that make sense yeah yeah you go incognito Ginger yeah. gets noticed a lot though when Ginger we're out and not in drag well, people look at her and see a bowling ball going down the street so they're like oh we know who this is it's like different with drag race though because everybody sees everybody out of drag on drag race exactly. so that's what I was about to say if you're on drag race then we've all seen you out of drag but if you're just like you've never been on drag race then we don't really know yeah it- freeing so, you know, we're talking about the transformation, you know, in drag when they go from, you know, we'll just use Ginger as an example. When she goes from Joshua to Ginger, putting the makeup on really kind of does that transformation for Ginger. What kind of things do you do to go from Susie Kennedy, the Londonite, to Marilyn Monroe, the social light of L.A.? Oh, I like that. That's a good phraseology. Well, I think, do you know, this is going to sound really stupid, but sometimes when I put the spot on, like the little mole, I'm like, right, I'm Marilyn now. This is so, it's something so small, but I think it was like that with her as well, because like a lot of the times it wasn't painted on, she'd leave it off. So if, I think if like, it's not even my hair really, because sometimes my hair can be messy, Marilyn's was hair. I think it's the lashes and the mole, you feel like Marilyn. Okay. It's, it's something so simple and heels, because ironically, this is going to sound weird, but I feel more like Marilyn when I'm not being Marilyn than when I'm dressed up as the Marilyn that everybody knows from film. Because I think she was like two people. And I think the Marilyn you see that's like in Jennifer Blondes as Lorelai Lee mm-hmm. and the girl isn't really Marilyn. And yet when you see Marilyn dressed down just in her slacks and her hair, mm. no makeup on and her hair scraped back going to acting class, that's the Marilyn that I really love and kind of relate to. And it's like Marilyn and I both create this false Marilyn that goes out the breathy, childy, dumb blonde act of sugar cane in some like it hot. That's not really Marilyn. That's just what the public, that's what she created for the public. In a way, she was dragging up. Do you know what I mean? You like the humanized version of Marilyn, like the the behind the scenes, the down to earth, this is who I am, opposed to the ditzy blonde that, you know, the general public knows. The person behind the persona. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think she was anything like what she projected. And I think that was her problem. Oh, absolutely not. She was one of the smartest people that, I mean, I think ever ever graced the, I mean, the screen. She knew how to work a camera. She knew how to work the public into believing that this is what she was outside of the screen. And that was what was required at that time. In that time in Hollywood, if you wanted to be a famous actress, comedian actress, it was that dumb blonde. There was always a blonde. There was a studio blonde. And, you know, she fitted that role at that time. If Marilyn Monroe was alive today, a new girl coming through, would she have been like that? Probably not. So she she was clever enough to know what would 
sell her. But I've had this conversation with friends. I think sometimes when you dance with the devil, you're going to get burnt. And I think once she created that persona, she couldn't get rid of it. And no matter how hard she tried and said, I want to be a serious actress, too late. It's that's you cooked now. You're Marilyn Monroe, the dumb blonde. And it's exactly sad, really. But it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. That happened to Paris Hilton when she like tried to like shed that yeah. like ditzy, like simple lifey kind of vibe. Like she had trouble breaking out of it. And it took that YouTube reality series to kind of like realize like, okay, she's not this ditzy dumb blonde. Yeah. And she probably never was. She just knew how to play the game. Right. Exactly. You know, you, uh, we're not going to reveal how old you are, but you we have. Can. I'm 44. I'm so Okay, like perfect. So you're 44. You have now gotten to the point where you have, you have been alive longer than Marilyn Monroe was. Yeah, I just did a TV show, ITV reality show about the Savoy Hotel in London where oh. Marilyn Monroe was there. It's a reality show and it was behind the scenes. It's the first time in history they've been allowed to go behind the scenes of the Savoy. I mean, the Savoy oh, wow. is a hotel in London. And they asked me to go on it because they were like, you know, Marilyn Monroe did her um, her launch of The Prince and the Showgirl here and stayed here and, you know, and, and we'd love to have you on. And the bit of the, the show that everyone related to is when I was, I was on this like Valentine's date uh, with this guy and I turned to him and go, you do know, like I'm now dead. (laughs) (laughs) My age is like, I am dead. You know, she never got to 40, she was 36 and that I'm a long time dead. I'm like dead and buried. And I think, you know, I look at JLo and I think she looks better now than she did in her twenties. So I look at it like, yeah. So we're lucky now we have a little bit of help with better products and take care of ourselves a bit more, but I am, I have got that in the back of my mind and there's things I want to do after Marilyn, but that damn phone after COVID rings up. And, you know, during lockdown, I had an audition um, for an Appenzella cheese commercial um, in Switzerland. And I was, I said to my agent, like I've won every casting I've gone for. I don't mean to be big headed, but it's a fact. (laughs) So, you know, like that moment comes where you're like, one day they're going to go, sorry, girl, but not this time. And that's when you like have the little violin music and your time is blown. Mm-hmm. And they phoned them. They were like, yeah, you know, they, they want you. But I know that time's going to come where you just, you're just a little bit, just a little bit. And then I got, there was an American film for Reels Channel, Marilyn's Life Story. And that just was just aired actually in the US. And yes. I got that commercial. Yeah, I did. I, that, I got that TV show. And it is at the back of my mind thinking, you know, because the casting come out and they're look, looking for a girl, late 20s to, you know, mid 30s. And then I'm like on my casting sheet, 44. And it's <laughs> like, why are we even looking at you? And when I did Blade Runner, my actual, the actual casting director of Blade Runner had to fight to get me seen to do Blade Runner because I was out of the age bracket to play Marilyn, which is fair enough. But they were like, you just got to see this girl because if you see her, you know, she doesn't look her age or anything like that, so you need to see her, but I get it, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that, you are just segueing into all of my questions for you, and (laughs) I I love it. What is coming after Marilyn? Like, what is Susie going to do when Marilyn has kind of, like, run its course and, you know, you've done everything you possibly can as the impersonator? What is Susie going to do after it? Well, it's interesting you say that because I've literally applied to go to university. And yes! I've been, I've been accepted. I want to do an honours degree in theology. You know I'm a Christian. Um, and counselling. And I want to help girls and a lot of people that I've, you know, I've had a long life doing this. And I've seen a lot of stuff happen in this business. And I've seen a lot of women and men struggle and I've been through a lot in my life which I won't go into here privately but you guys know that things have happened in my life and I think God sometimes sends you down these roads so you use that for someone else's advantage so when I get my counseling degree which I'll be a registered um, 
by the BACP. I'd be a registered counsellor in three years if I pass. And um, I want to help that. I want to work in the community and help women and men and people I've come across, you know, that really need that bit of help. And I think, you know, Marilyn was one of the first people to really reach out about counselling and search things that could make her life a lot easier and the things that she'd experienced a lot easier. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got accepted by the university and I'm, I'm blown away. Now I've just got to do the work. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very Congratulations. much. Congratulations. That's an exclusive. I haven't even said that on Facebook or anything yet. Because, yes, ooh, we have you know, an exclusive. You have, you've got a freaking massive, people are going to die when I tell them that because they're like, are you retiring? And I'm like, I'm not retiring. I'm just, obviously I am. I'm going to have to pick and choose what I do. But yeah. um, this is something that, you know, it's actually a calling on my heart because there's a lot of people out there, which is part of the reason I did that billboard, just drop that in, um, to help people in rehab. I've seen the stories. I've seen the stories. And my friend Greg obviously works with them directly um, as a manager of the rehab center of that that place. And um, I don't know. I just think it, the amount of experience I've got of working with different kinds of people from different kinds of life and my own life and, you know, looking what Marilyn went through, I think it's a it's a really important to try and help people that's absolutely correct you are a beacon of light in this dark dark world right now and and i i truly appreciate you know we went through a lot last year together with one of our co-stars you know passing away it really kind of bonded all of us together and you know i remember calling you and and unfortunately having to break the news and we both had that that moment um and you know as somebody who is very in touch with their religion and their spirituality you know i think you going and doing this is going to be such a blessing on so many people and i just want to thank you for for using you know what you have to go out there and do that so thank you so much for that oh bless you well let's come back to me in three years see if i've passed <laughs> <laughs> Susie, thank you so so thank so you, much you, for, for being you. on the show we appreciate you i love you um, oh, i love you guys i love that time we spent and you know Chi- losing Chi Chi is just to anybody you know that listens to this it's like life is so precious and the moments with your friends are so precious and even at times when you want to rip each other's wigs off or you know just really those times I wish I could live them again and just give her a massive hug you know amen Wow. Just appreciate life, guys, and love everybody. And even if you people, you don't, I say this as a Christian, because there's people in that really let down the Christian um, faith when they preach hatred of others, because that is not Christian. And if anyone says that they're a Christian and they preach hatred, they are not. So remember that. Amen. Susie, where can everybody find you if they're looking for you on the web? You can find me in my house. <laughs> you can, um, <laughs> watching Call the Midwife. You can find me on Instagram at Susie Kennedy, S-U-Z-I-E, Kennedy as in President Kennedy, which is my real name. It's not a stage name. It was just lucky. Um, and Facebook, the usual things, at Susie Kennedy. And yeah, reach out to me and I'll reach back like Dinah Ross. So, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Susie, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care, guys. The worst thing about dating is men realize I don't actually talk like this. I talk like this. I'm Marilyn Monroe, known as Susie Kennedy from South London. Oh, I can't talk. I thought it was Marilyn Monroe all along. You're listening to Quarantine Bears, the podcast. Oh, God, I love Susie. 
She was so fun to uh, talk to. I did not expect her to have like a thick British accent. I right? forgot you told me she was from the UK. We were doing this interview. You're like, we have to keep her her time change and like in thought when we're mm-hmm. playing the interview. I was like, why? Also, how about that exclusive? Yes, we're going back to collage. Right? To university. Michael. Oh, university. Sorry, we called the university <sighs> overseas. Gosh. That story about Naomi Campbell. Girl, I would I die to it. see Naomi Campbell in real life. Right? I saw Tyra Banks one time in real life, and that was fun. I saw her walking down the street in New York City, back when she had her talk show. Oh. I spotted her forehead from across Times Square. <laughs> I love Susie. Make sure you guys go follow her. She gave you her uh, Insta and everything. It was at Susie Kennedy. It's at Susie Kennedy. So go follow her. She's an amazing person. Very uplifting. Um, she posts all these things on social about love and acceptance and all that. So go follow her. She follows me. You know, my God, at the beginning of the show, we mentioned how we're going to do a giveaway again. We are. Know, it's time to win this. some prizes. So, this time we thought we would switch it up a little bit. You know, the first time we did a giveaway, it was follow us. You'll be entered to win. This time we're forcing you to listen to our obnoxious ass voices. Yep. So every week for the next, I don't know. Couple weeks. Yeah, probably the next month. Till the end of Pride. The end of Pride. Yeah, so the end of June, maybe beginning of July. Me and Michael are going to give you a, a phrase, a hidden secret Code phrase. word, like they do on the radio. Yeah. You're going to go to QueenstineBearsPodcast.com. Hit the giveaway button and enter the secret phrase that we are going to give you. And then you're going to fill out the form that's on there. And you'll be entered to win a $20 Amazon gift card. Should we tell them the code word? The code word is... Pride. Pride. That is P-R-I-D-E. All capitals. No lowercase. Make sure it's all capitals or it will not work. It's Pride. That means Amazon has a rainbow logo. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's I've... a whole nother conversation. So it's that time again, CJ. How about you bear with us for a moment and tell us what you got going on? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Bear with me, Michael. If you are a company and you have a gay club, if you will, like a whole committee made of homosexuals or people who are part of the LGBTQIA plus community, you should probably keep the rainbow on your logo year round and not just for the month of June because it shows that you do not actually care about your gay employees and that you just care about their money. If you are out there and you are listening, make sure you go out and support LGBTQIA plus businesses, ones that support us year round. That's very interesting when you think about that. Right? Who cares about you all year and who cares about you during the month of June? When they can make money off of you. Bear with me, CJ. If you're going to be a host at an event and you are going to be performative. Oh boy. And speak down to a community. Oh Jesus. And speak to them as if, hey, I know the gays, they like butt-fucking. Hey, I went to a drag show once. I Right, I went to a drag show once. I know you like to be on your knees. Who's the top or bottom? You're obnoxious. <laughs> you're performative. And we need you to stop speaking and give the job and the hosting role to somebody who is not acting like a trained, symboled monkey. Pandering, pandering. Correct. It was a pandering performance by this host of this event that we were at. So please... Stop while you're ahead. It's offensive, and we don't like it. Boom. Mic drop, motherfucker. Michael, guess what we're doing today, too? We are the VIP hosts at Room 22's Night of Inclusion, Battle of the Divas edition. Tonight, we will have Tora Hyman as Miss Britney Spears, Miss Venus Envy as Lady Gaga, and Miss Ivy Les Vixens as Christina Aguilera. Are you excited? I am. We're we also, had so much fun last time. I know. And at the door, there'll be a cover charge, and the proceeds will go to the Zebra Correlation, which is a, a local LGBTQIA plus uh, charity. I'm excited. We do yeah. a lot of fun work with them, and 
I'm excited to go back for another fun night. I am. I'm so excited. So if you live in Orlando or, or you are close to it, just come hang out with us. We're going to have a lot of fun. They're going to do some uh, shot specials, some uh, drink specials. We're going to be the wheel. There. Last week I stripped. Michael I got, got spanked. spanked. Uh, but it's a lot of fun, so come out and join us. And then we have another one later this month, which we'll talk about uh, a couple weeks. Uh, another time. So I think we should go home now. I agree, Michael. It's been real. It's been fun. It hasn't been real fun. I think we should sing them out. Let's sing them out! Now it's time to say goodbye from all our company. Michael's sexy. CJ's queer. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Let's dance on out to the music. Experiencing Bears, the podcast.